The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip, and we have a very interesting trip today. It's also a very um, uh, problematic trip. Imagine for a moment, the listeners, imagine for a moment that you're just outside, you're just doing your regular thing, maybe you're inside a building, outside a building, and all of a sudden you get uh, apprehended by the police, you get handcuffed, they take you to uh, jail. They have you in jail for a while, then you're on trial, and then you end up in a penitentiary for 20 years. But you did nothing wrong. You never committed a crime. That's what we're talking about today. My guest is Mr. Benny Stark, and he is in the situation, he was in the situation that I just outlined for what could happen to any of us, and on occasion does happen to some of us. So, Mr. Benny Starks, thank you very much for being on my show today. Pleasure is all mine. Okay. So before we get into the um, actual issue of what happened to you uh, 25 years ago, uh, would you please give me a thumbnail sketch about uh, how you grew up, where you grew up in, what kind of things you liked to do as a kid? Um, I grew up uh, in a in the uh, northern suburbs of Chicago. Uh huh. Um, in a small town called um, Waukegan, Illinois. Um, yeah. Um, north of Cook County, which is in Chicago. Yes. Um, grew up um, with a, a um, single in a single parent home. My mother raised two other kids. Uh huh. Um, grew up basically like any other normal kid. Um, Went to a private school from like the the third grade to the eighth grade. Yeah. Um. Enjoyed uh, sports. Um, what sports? Uh, grew you up like What were your main? Um. Basically, uh, all sports: uh, football, basketball, baseball, track and field. Oh, cool. Um. Yeah, when you were um, in high school, did you play on those, on those teams? Um. I did for uh like my first two years. I did play uh, uh just actually it was just basketball. Uh huh. Um, grew up basically in a Baptist church. Um, um, like I say, I grew up like any any uh, normal kid. You know? Yeah. Um, and then um, when you finished high school, did you go on to college? Did you have a job? What did you do after that? After high school? Um, no, I basically just had a job. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. Ended it up um, getting my girlfriend uh, pregnant, and we had a child. I see. And. Uh, um, how like how I old were you when that happened? Um, I was actually 19 years old. Okay, 19, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, um, like I said, we just, you know, we were a couple for like four years. Oh, wow, and, that's good. Uh, we had, you know, like our own place, um, huh? you know, we had, you know, two cars, and, you know, she worked, I worked. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it was just... Yeah, you know, just a typical thing that two people do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of how it went. So, um, and then, but like I say, and then when you were twenty-three, that's when everything went upside down for you. Um, no, actually, when I was uh, I was arrested when I was actually twenty-six. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, uh, actually, um, January, uh, I was arrested in January, um, the 20th, 20th, 23rd of January. And, um, I was questioned and about, um, uh, a person getting sexually assaulted and, um, Said them, I said I wasn't even around the area. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, so, they uh, questioned me for like, I don't know, maybe like 10 hours. Wow. And uh, came back and, uh, you know, and said, hey, you're under arrest for two counts of sexual assault and uh, aggravated battery, um, unlawful restraints. And I was like, you got the wrong person. It wasn't none of me. Yes. So at that and point... I, you must have really been angry because here you were an innocent man. Well, I didn't feel, I mean, at the time I felt, well, this is going to get taken care of. You know, I'm going to be able to go home. Um, or, um, you know, they gonna, you know, they know they got the wrong person. Yeah. So, um, but it never did happen. We ended up going to trial almost um, eight or nine months later. And uh, I was, um, I went to trial. Um, they found me guilty. Um, two months later, they sentenced me to uh, 60 years in prison. Wow. So when you yeah. were in this courtroom being on trial, well, I'm just going to say, if, if, if I was in the situation that you were in, mm-hmm. I'd be so angry. That um, um, well, I was. I was. I was yeah. angry. I was. Of course, um, it would be impossible not but, to be angry about it. Pardon me? It would be impossible not to have a, a huge anger. Right, definitely, definitely. And, and I mean, you know, you know, like 20, 25 years later, I mean, it's, it's times that I do, that I am angry still, but I don't let that um, get to, uh, I don't, I just don't let it get next to me. I mean, because it's like, you know, I have, uh, I have a life to live and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm 53 years old and, yeah. I don't want to carry that kind of baggage, but I will always think about it. Yes, it will come up. You know, it's not going to as you as you continue being a citizen outside of a prison. Mm-hmm. You're not going to gradually. You'll have less time that you'll think about it, but it'll always come up in various ways. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so what? So you were in, in a trial that lasted how many months? Uh, actually, my trial didn't. My trial only lasted like um, three days, four days at the top. I see. Yeah. So they yeah. Called you was, off to some prison, right? Yeah, I actually, um, when I was sentenced, I think like two, two, uh, two weeks later, they sent me to maximum security in the state of Illinois. Um, uh huh. And I spent like approximately like 10 years in a maximum security prison. Yeah. Um, that was uh, very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Yes. Um, How did you avoid the danger, or couldn't you avoid Well, I mean, I did. I just basically kind of like, you know, I, I had a couple of friends there, and I just basically kind of uh, just uh, mind my own business because at any given time, yes. you know, it could, it could go up. I mean, whether it's... Yes. You know, uh, this gang against this gang, or you know, so I kind of right. just kind of stayed to myself, um, uh, working. Um, I took up a, a vocational training course, um, data processing, and um, took up another vocational training course, uh, meat processing. Uh-huh. So I was pretty. I kind of stayed pretty busy, and uh, I mind my own business because that's you know that's what you have to do. Um, yeah. When you're in a dangerous situation where you got people that's got like four or five hundred years, yes. you know, four or five natural lives, you know, you can't, you know. Yes. So you know, it, it's 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 pretty much like, um, you know, uh, you know, don't get involved with gangs. I've I've never been gang affiliated. Never. Yeah. Uh, was 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 a couple of times was pressured into joining a gang, but I never did. I never wavered, you know, yes. because, you know, like people would see, you know, newspaper articles and say, well, you got 60 years, so what are you going to the law library for? What are you going to do that yes. for? 
you know. I mean, you know, because there is a lot of negativity in there. Like I say, you of know, it's, it's it's not a pretty place. Right. So, were you able to avoid uh, not getting um, beat up or stabbed or anything like that? Well, I, um, you know, I've had some fights. You know, one on one. It was never like, you know, a gang of people. You know, it was, you know, because like I say, I had. Yeah, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty much likable person, and yes. uh, a, a, a lot of the uh, older guys and uh, gang leaders, you know, was, you know, like, hey, he's all right, guy, yeah, he's not messing with anybody, so don't mess with him. Pretty much like that. Like I say, I can count on one. I actually can count the times that I actually have fights, and it was maybe three. Maybe three fights the whole twenty years, nine months, and five days that I oh, was incarcerated. And those yeah. fights were never known by the uh, the uh, I don't know what you call them. The the fights never were known to be to have happened. Say that again. Well, when you had these fights, were there uh, prison officials who were um, giving you? No, no, they were they were inmates. Just inmates. Yeah. So the, I see. So it never got out to the. No, no. It was just like a one-on-one, and you know, you go in the you go in the cell, and yes. or you uh, somebody watches out, you know, and you know, and, and you get it on. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So the so the first ten years you were in this maximum security prison, and uh, you you were hoping you'd get out eventually, but you didn't know you didn't know for sure. So just we could just take the first ten years. Um, how were you able to keep your head above water, so to speak? How were you able to to have to be in this prison? You couldn't get out. You were totally innocent. How did you manage to keep your sanity? Um, uh, praying. I, I did a lot of praying. Uh-huh. I stayed positive. I stayed around positive people. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, um, um, you know, like I say, just do prayer, 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 prayer. You know, it's 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 like you have no other choice. Yes. You have to, you know, um, like you know, you have to keep fighting. You know, and I would tell anybody, never, never give up. Yeah. I have, I have a friend of mine right now, who's um, been incarcerated like um, thirty something plus years. Uh-huh. And he said that he will keep he has like four hundred years. Yes, that's he true. said that he will keep fighting until the last breath in his body. Yes. And that's the way I felt that I'm just gonna keep fighting no matter what. Yes. As long as I'm breathing, I'm gonna keep fighting. Yes. And during and during those first ten years, did you keep in touch with uh, friends and family? I did. I did. And did they come visit you at times? Yes, they did. I did. I did. I had family members that would come in. That would come and see me. Yeah. But the thing of it is, it's so far out. You know. Yes. I mean, you know, it's almost like planning the vacation. You know, from where my family would have to come from. Yes. You know, but yes, you know, but mostly through uh, letters. Uh huh. A lot of a lot of letters. Yeah. Definitely. Were these letters on a computer, or they were handwritten? How were they done? No, they were. You know, they were. They were letters, and they were. They would. They would pass out mail, and that's basically like a good feeling. Yeah. To you know, be able to uh, receive mail. I mean, small things. You yeah. Know. And then, were you allowed to send out mail to these people? Oh yes, yes. And when you did, did that, were you writing it uh, on hand, or were you on a typewriter or a computer? How do you? No, no. I mean, some people had typewriters. You had, you know, you could buy typewriters off the commissary, but I, um, you know, it was just hand, handwritten letters. Yeah. I see. And did mm-hmm. did you stay in touch with uh, the woman that has your baby and all that? Um, off and on, off and on. You uh-huh. know, because when I got arrested, we were not together, so it was like off and on. You know. Um, I see. And like, um, like my sister would, um. My daughter was, uh, at the time, my daughter was about four years old, uh-huh. and my son was one. 
Okay. Actually, he wasn't even one years old. He was still a baby. Yeah. So, like I say, I uh, I had family members that would, um, you know, keep, you know, give me updates on, you know, how everything was going. Yeah. Which meant a whole a whole lot to me because, um, like I say, I'm <clears throat> I'm from the northern suburbs of Chicago, and I was like, you know, way out in cornfields, you know, in the boondocks. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So how many miles was it from the penitentiary? Oh, wow. This was like, one of the prisons were like three and a half hours. One was like um, eight. I said, I said one was three and a half hours and the other was what? Eight. Eight hours. Wow. Yeah. So the eight-hour one was for the second ten years you you were in the prison that was further away? Um, well, the second ten years that I was in prison, it was it was about... I don't know, about four and a half, maybe five, five hours drive from, um, I see. yeah. And did your, so, did your children from the woman you were living with, did they ever uh, see you or? Um, well, actually I had no idea of where my son was even at. I because his, his mother had like, um, personal issues, so. I uh, I actually didn't even contact, get in okay. contact with him until he was, uh, until I got out. Wow. Um, and, and you my, got out in, um, in what year, 2006? 2006, October 2006, yeah. Yeah. And so then you then you saw your children a few times? Um, yes, well, actually my daughter, uh, you know, once she got of age, she would come and see me on her own, you know. I see. Yeah. And did she see you? Pardon me? So you've seen her? Yeah, she was, She actually came by herself like a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, good for her. And yeah. the two of you stay in touch now? Um, yes, we do. Good. I'm glad to know that. Yes, we do. Yeah. Wow, what a story you have. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, and then... It's, uh, say that again? Well, so then um, after the first 10 years, why were you moved to a second... Prison. Well, because of like my conduct, right? Was um, I, uh, um, you know, like I never was uh, like the kind of person that you know uh, would go to sick. Um, I stayed in uh, a grade, and um, they moved me to a um, because, like I said, they, they moved me from a maximum security to a minimum security. I see. Well, that's, is, better than, uh, that's better than more freedom. More freedom, you know. You have your own key to your room. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, very, very laid back, and I qualified to go there, even though I still had 20 years left on my sentence. They okay. said because of my good conduct, and you know um, that I was, uh, I was uh, uh, one of the one of the inmates uh, chosen to go to a minimum security. You know. Yes. So. so um... In both prisons, were you? Did you have to share a cell with one or more other men? Oh yeah, yeah. Always, always two people to a cell. Always. And w w when you did have a cellmate, was it someone that was okay for you, or did you have to be worried about the guy? Well, no, I never worried about him. I mean, because like I say, I was, you know, um, I, uh, uh, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just, like I said, I was just a good person, you know. Um, I never worried about anybody taking taking advantage of me or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, never. I mean, if it's just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, it was like the best man wins. I mean, that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, so. Hang on one second here. Okay. Okay, so um, how did it come about that eventually someone came to help you and they found out that you were not, you, you didn't have the DNA of the person who committed the crime. Right. Um, actually, the Innocent Project took my case in 1997. Uh-huh. Um, uh, who was, Barry Sheck and Peter Newfield, who was the co-founders of the Innocent Project in New York. Yes. And things, um, actually, how, how did they um, find you? How did they even know to find you about that? I I actually wrote the Innocent Project. I wrote like hundreds and hundreds of letters. Yeah. So they actually uh, took my case pro bono. Uh 
Uh-huh. And at the time, they wasn't the uh, the organization wasn't really well funded. Okay. So I actually had to to pay for my own DNA testing. Wow! I tell you what, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be back in okay. about a minute. Okay. Okay. So hang on, okay. everybody. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. My guest is Benny Starks, and we're talking about his incredible journey of being incarcerated in prison for 20 years for no crime he ever committed. So, Benny Starks, uh, right before we... uh, but for the commercial, mm-hmm. uh, you were telling me you, you found the Innocent Project. Yes. How did you um, find them? How did you even know it, it existed? Well, because I had, you know, like you, um, you have, um, like, law library, you have different, uh, like, news bulletins and stuff like that, TV. So I actually reached out to them, and they uh, 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 agreed to take my case. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was maybe in... Uh, I'm going to say I uh, like the end, no, like the middle of '97, the summer of '97, okay. which was one of the which was one of the best days of my life. Yeah. And they agreed to take my case, but I was saying before the break that um, they were they were not well funded. You know, you had to pay for your own DNA testing, and how expensive you know, is that? Um, it was like about uh, thirty five hundred. So how do you get the money for that? Well, actually, I was working in a uh, prison industry program, uh, which I was uh, telling you earlier, it was a meat processing. Yes. And um, I just, you know, saved my money and started sending it to them. And then I had a family member that was helping me. And um, so it took me about, I say, about a good, uh, I'm going to say 15, 16 months to uh, get up the money, and um, um, after the first DNA test was done and it came back and it excluded me, uh-huh. um, let me say 97, 98, 99, 2000. Yeah. Okay, uh, 2001, 2002. Okay, um, I'm kind of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think exactly what time what they took my case in 97 okay i got this prison industry job it had to have been in um it actually was in 99 all right what happened in 99 um, 2001 two, 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 2000 2001 2002 um that's when you went, that's when you got the dna that's when i got the dna testing done okay i'm curious yeah. when you were uh incarcerated 
what, what were, when you were earning some money, what did they pay you per hour? Um, it was like a dollar ten, a dollar twenty an hour, so roughly like you know uh, anywhere from one hundred to seventy-five to two hundred and twenty-five, two hundred and thirty thirty dollars. I see. Okay. So, yeah. um, so when they found out that it was your DNA was not the D, the, the DNA of the person who you, you didn't right. have a DNA problem. Um, Pardon me. Well, when when they found out that you could not be the the, the person who committed the crime because your DNA right didn't match anything right. Well, like I say, we um um also I have to give uh, I have to take my hat off to the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Um, a guy by the name of Maurice Posley did a lot of lot of stories on my case because, like I say, that. You know, Chicago is in Cook County. I'm from Lake County, the northern suburbs. I see. And um, uh, uh, I have to take my hat. Well, once again, I have to take my hat off to them because they kept my my story in the paper. I mean, they kept it in the paper. Yes. And um, like I say, in 202, when I was uh, when they found out that 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 uh, that uh, my blood type wasn't the source of the cement, you know, um, they like took off with it, you know. And here's the interesting thing about it is that um, it was around the DNA test is done, but uh, in 2000 and 2004, yeah. um, the you know um, when I got convicted, it was like ABO blood type, and it wasn't a such thing as DNA. So in 2004, um, my lawyers got the uh, lab report from the serologist of the Northern Illinois Crime Lab. And um, we found out in the transcript, I never saw it in the transcript, that I was excluded, that my blood type was different than the blood type uh, in 1986. But when the serologist testified, she said that I couldn't be excluded. But I was excluded. So 18 years later, we... um, actually got her file from the Northern Illinois Crime Lab. And um, at the time, she uh, had left there and was a professor teaching at Michigan State University. Yes. So when we got that information and we went to the news media with it, I mean, it was like everything just started really, really rolling real fast. Yes. You know, but of course they were denying it. And we had eventually had to end up going back to the appellate court because the district court was like, we don't want to hear that. And, you know, there's another uh, almost two years of waiting. So when they, you know, but, my, but when they say that they don't want to hear it, their job is to uh, know the truth, not try to try to uh, well, lie. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Johnson, you would think that. Yes. Because when a, when a, uh, 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 a state attorney's job is to find out the truth, not to try to uh, hold on to a conviction. Yes. You know. Even if the person is not guilty. Pardon me? Even if the person is not guilty, they're going to try to stick to what they think. Absolutely. See, here's the amazing thing. That, that should I be a crime, to... by the way. Pardon me? That should be a crime. If... It should be. It should be. It should be. Yes. But here, here's the thing. Yeah, tell me. Uh, and this is like all over the country that when um, DNA comes back and excludes a person after 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years, they yeah. come up with a different theory. Yes. You know, um, uh, 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 and here's, here's another thing. Now, here in the state of Illinois, our last two governors have went to prison. Uh this uh, 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 last governor that went to prison, he didn't even take any money. He was just talking about taking some money. Okay, I, I think we're up for our last break here. Okay. Commercial break, so um, we'll come back and we'll pick up where we just left off, okay? Okay. Hang in there. All right. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total Access. 
Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with my guest, Benny Starks, who has a tremendous story to tell, and it's not a pleasant story. It's a terrible story. He was convicted of a crime he never committed, and he was in in prison for over 20 years. So, uh, Benny, we were getting back to the for the last commercial break. You were talking about the uh, the people who were trying to to keep you in prison, even though you shouldn't have been kept in prison any longer. Right. Um, I was saying that we were talking about before the break that the job of a prosecutor is not to get a conviction, but to find out the truth. Exactly. And as I was saying that, you know, just not um, here in Illinois or specifically Lake County, um, all over the country, like when DNA comes back and excludes a person, the prosecutor seems like to always come up with another theory. Well, it didn't really happen like that, it, but it, this is how it happened. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, always, it seems like it, it always happens like that. But the thing is, but, they can have all the theories they want. If you didn't have, if you weren't the DNA person committing the crime, then it doesn't matter what else they think, you should be out of prison. Well, see, like I say, right? um, but now here's the opposite of it. Now, when it comes back and it doesn't exclude you, it includes you. Yes. Then you know, like, hey, see, this is his DNA. You yes. know, This is his DNA. But when it excludes you, it's a different. You know, it's a it's a uh, 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 it's a different story. I see. Um, and and like I was saying uh, before the break, uh, the the last two governors here in the state of Illinois has been to prison, and one of them. Uh, uh, Rob Bogolovich went to prison because he was talking about trying to sell a Tennessee. He didn't actually receive any money. But hey, here's the thing. I say this again. This was uh, one of the governors of, of, of uh, your state? Of Illinois, Rob Bogolovich, when Barack Obama trying to, uh, when Barack Obama was elected yeah. in 2008, yeah. he was caught over the phone saying about trying to sell his seat which he never received any money. So um, what I'm saying is that 
here it is. This is the highest office in the uh, 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 in any state. The yeah. governor. Now the governor can go to jail. Um, governors can go to jail. Uh, 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 congressmen can go to jail. Yeah. Uh, state elected officials can go to jail. Yeah. Um, uh, mayors, but for some reason, prosecutors are immune. I mean, they could send somebody to death row uh -huh. and kill them, and later on it might come back that the guy was actually innocent. That should be murder. Of course. But, but, but I think it's like a lot of politics and a lot of racism that goes on in our judicial system here in the United States, and... um you know, it needs to it needs to have it needs to be changed. Yeah. And until there is accountability at the top, then my story is just a short story from a long past. Today is me. Uh, next week is somebody else. Next month is someone else. Yes. So were these so, prosecutors? You know, uh, were they? Did they have to go to prison or what? No, they're immune from any of that. They they lost their jobs, but I see. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, one of the things I thought about when we spoke yesterday briefly for a little while, um, you're supposed to get some compensation for the years you were in prison when you shouldn't have been in prison. And uh, why haven't they already decided how much they're going to give you? And they should be giving you, in my opinion, you should be getting at least a million dollars tax-free for every year you were in prison. Well, you said the key word. They are supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> so that's did, another fight. <laughs> because somebody... I got Because on the civil level, I have to prove that they uh, uh, did something wrong. I have to prove that they did something wrong. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, though. Maybe okay, I'm wrong. But... I'm going to explain it to you. The burden is on me now. Yeah. During the criminal proceedings, the burden was on. The prosecution. Yeah. But now, in the civil level, the burden is on me and my lawyers to prove that, um, you know, they were wrong and they knew, they knew that they were wrong. Yes. This wasn't just like technicality where they just made an error. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, t 25 years of your life were taken away from you. You, could, you couldn't be a free man. And um, someone has to pay for that. Oh, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. But like I say, the burden yeah. is on me now. Like I say, during the criminal trial, the burden of um, of finding me uh, guilty upon a reasonable doubt was to, up to the prosecutors. So how but long, now it's on me. Yeah. So how long will the civil case take place before it's finished? It depends. It depends on if they, you know, want to uh, settle or if they want to go to trial. Say the last part again. So, so, I mean, it could be a year. Yeah. It could be a year and a half. It could be two. It could be three. I see. Wow. Yeah. So during that time, you have, uh, you don't have much money to live with. I don't have any money at all. I haven't worked. In almost three years. You haven't worked? And, yes, exactly. I don't have a job, period. <laughs> and uh, is that because no one will hire you, or what's the reason for Well, I mean, um, I like when I first got out, I was working two jobs. Yeah. You know, I was, I was working two jobs, and I was doing, like, side jobs, like, you know, like painting and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I still do side jobs. But... Okay. I mean, fire is a consistent check from week to week or every two weeks. I don't have that. So I I, I would imagine that people in uh, the areas where you where you live now that you mm -hmm. now that you're out of prison, I would imagine mm -hmm. there might be quite a few employers who would uh, want you want to hire you because you're an honest person. You you haven't committed a big crime. All right. Um, you know, I just keep the faith, you know, and uh, who knows what tomorrow will bring. Yeah. You know, I just try to stay positive, you know, I mean, because, you know, the economy is bad. Uh, people are getting laid off every day. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just figured, like, 
as long as I'm able to wake up every day and with good health, um, you know, it's a, it's a new, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, Yeah. you know, but I just try to stay focused and stay positive. Yeah. So the the day you walked out of prison, um, did it seem kind of confusing to be out of prison and after, after 20 years of being incarcerated? Was it hard to you know what? It wasn't. I'm going to be honest. It was. It was. It was like one of the happiest days of my life. Oh, good. Next to seeing my daughter's birth. Uh, 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 birth. Uh-huh. It was one of the happiest days of my life. I mean, the air even smells different. Oh, good. From behind prison walls, it, you know, it was like. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. It was. It was. You know. It was a. It was a very happy day. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. you have a nice relationship with your daughter. I do. I and do. I'm glad you have that because you know. I do. Yeah. I and do. But, but your... sometimes, but sometimes it can be difficult because, you know, it's like we're still trying to get to know each other all over again. Oh, of course, it will take a long time. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, sometimes she can be very stubborn, you know. Yeah. You know, seriously, she can be very stubborn, but it takes time, and you know, I give her space. Uh huh. And uh, you know, my um. You know, I, yes. I just, you know, I let her dictate to however, you know, when yeah. she wants to call and when she wants to talk, you know. Yeah. And what about yeah. your son? Is he uh, wanting to have man contact and, with you? Me and his relationship is uh, okay. Good. Me and his relationship is okay. Good. Um, and um, you mentioned yesterday when we had a brief talk that you uh, talked to... Uh, Young or teenage boys, and yeah, the idea. Of- yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was saying that I want to start, like, especially in Chicago, um, with the uh, murder rate in the African American community. Start going to, um, to the high schools and stuff, and just speaking me and you know, like a couple of other exonerees. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I yeah. imagine the schools would be happy to have you come. Yeah, definitely. Because definitely. you're not a criminal. I mean, you're not even a right, definitely. And I mean, you know, I, um, you know, I could, you know, you know, give those guys some eye-opening things that if you ever go to prison and you go for a long time, yeah, your life is going to be completely changed. Someone telling you when to get up, someone telling you when to lay down, someone yeah. telling you to stop, go, turn, you know, bag up, you know, sit, you know, don't talk, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's really a terrible situation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, your mother died while you were still in prison? No, my family is, no, my mom is uh, alive and my father's alive. Oh, okay, I misunderstood you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, my grandmother actually died when I was in prison. and my, I had a sister that died like uh, a couple of months after, uh, before I was getting ready to get out. Where did she die from? Um, she was actually um, taking a, a lot of pain medication. She actually died in her sleep. Oh, my. Um, she was actually uh, shot like five times. And uh, she was on a, a lot of pain medication, and uh, she ended up dying in her sleep. Oh, wow. So yeah. you talk about the murder rate. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah it's, it's even worse when it's your own. Yeah, definitely. Well, this actually happened in uh, Indiana. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you think you might want to go to college and take classes? And um, right now, I really don't. Uh, I have a few friends that are doing that. Like, um, not really. To be honest with you, not really. I've read so much. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a degree, but I've done so much reading and stuff like that. And you know, I just you know. Kind of just you know just being relaxed in my mind because I used to read from it like like real um, um, institutional lockdown you know I've read everything from yes. philosophy to the stock market to uh, yes. foreclosures uh, you know that's all I basically have ever been interested in since I was uh, when I was incarcerated was um, how to invest money you know um, yes. like I think the stock market. Uh-huh. Uh, real estate business, you know. I, I like. I, I actually um, was uh, 
I actually belonged to a book club where I would get these college course books for like, you know, pennies on the dollar. That's good. And, uh, yeah, so I did a lot of reading, a lot of reading. Yeah. So, in the, so in the near future, you might be an entrepreneur and making investments. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, and if yeah. you get a good settlement, yeah, most definitely. Then you can yeah. uh, use your money wisely and. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of people actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I say, I um, I was in the retail for like uh, a year and a half. Uh huh. And I really liked it there. Um, so I have like I actually have like two business plans. I have a business plan for a um, sportswear store. And yeah. I have a business plan for uh, rehabbing and reselling uh, um, abandoned properties and uh, tax lien properties. And, oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah. You could end up a rich man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the thing is, when you buy properties and, and you're you know, um, having people pay rent, yeah. that could yeah. give you a lot of income. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you know, it, it's, it's still a buyer's market. Yes. You know. So I need to ask you a couple of questions. Market. Kind of uh, easy, but what's the food like in in these prisons? Was it, oh wow! Is it bad? <laughs> well, it's um, like the last three three years of me being incarcerated, they had actually switched to soy meat. Uh huh. But I mean, um, the the the, uh, before that, the menu was, you know, like basically the same thing that you would eat on the streets, you know, fried chicken, baked chicken. Yeah. You know, um, during the holidays, you know, turkey dressing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really a bad menu, but it would be sometimes it would just be, you know, like you didn't even want to eat it, you know. But it's basically the same thing that, 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 that anyone would eat, you know, um, yeah. on the uh, outside. Yeah. So when when you were uh, eating your food, could you have as much as you wanted, or did they just give you a certain amount each time? Well, yeah, they only give you a certain amount, you know. Um, like I say, and then there were like the commissary where you can go and buy like, you know, um, your food, you know, like mostly ramen noodles. Um, I see. Like you know, like processed chicken in like you know a bag, uh, yeah. you know, roast beef, tuna. Yeah. Um, fish steak, stuff like that. You know, you know, it's real simple stuff that you could. Yeah. So actually, when you um, so when you were in prison eating the food, did you gain a lot of weight, or did you pretty much stay the same as when you were in high school? Well, no. When I went into prison, I was like, uh, I'm like five ten, and I was like about 127, 130 pounds. Yeah. But after I stopped smoking cigarettes in uh, 1989. Yeah. And I gained, I put on maybe like about 35, 40 pounds. I but see. Since, but since I've been out, I've uh, put on maybe like about another 20. So I'm kind of like watching my weight, you know, and I try to stay active as far as exercising because yeah. it really helps um, relieve stress. Right. So, so like, I did like a lot of, I did like a lot of running in prison. So I would, I would, I would jog a lot. So well, how, um, how 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 long was the perimeter of the prison yard to run? Um, it was pretty big. Like you know, like um, there was some pretty nice sized yards. Like for like every two laps, it would be like one mile. Oh really? So, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I could probably, I was running sometimes like you know two hours straight. You know. Oh, that's my um, next question. How many you know, hours were you allowed to be outside? Uh, anywhere from anywhere from an hour to two hours. I see. Who makes the rule as to what it's going to be, what it's going to be one hour or two hours? The um, the, the warden. <laughs> I see. Yeah. The warden. So, um, so in the winter time, you were busy running through snow and stuff, right? And yeah, and 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 I actually liked it because it was almost like uh, running in the high altitude, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I you know I I I, I kind of uh, just got off into uh, uh, health and fitness because uh, they say uh, a healthy body, a healthy mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So when, you, when you'd when you be outside running, uh, when you were done running, you, you must have been, your clothes must have been pretty wet. Yeah, but see, I would, I, I, I would never stop. Like if it was in the wintertime, 
the only time when I would stop, it was it was like when when they're getting ready to call the yard because I didn't just want to just sit there. Yeah. So I would just keep running the whole yard period until they say, hey, it's time to go. Yeah, so then what do you do? You go back to your cell and you put on dry clothes? Yeah, or or if it was time, you know, uh, you know, you could you could take a you could take a shower, and uh, you know, um, depending on what time of uh, the day it was, if it was like um, like one o'clock yard or two o'clock yard, you know, normally they fed you like yeah. around four, yeah. four thirty they would start running child. So, or if it was in the morning time, um, uh, they would feed. Uh, lunch like and it would start at like from ten ten o'clock to like one. I see. So each unit would have their time to go to the child hall and eat. I see. Mhm. And so when you were having your meals, was it really loud because everybody was talking? Was it? Uh, well, it's just like a normal child hall, you know, it was like yeah. a child hall, and you know, yeah, people would, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like you could probably fit like. I'm gonna say um, you only got, you only had like 15 minutes to eat after yeah. you sat down. Yeah. So yeah, you would um, you know people you know you are allowed to talk. Yeah. But if you if if uh, when, when they get ready to you know to say hey you know you know they would go to each row hey it's time to go you have to get up and go so yeah. people wasn't really doing that much talking they were busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what our time is up. I'm okay. so glad I got a chance to uh, have the show with you. Okay. I wish you the best. And actually, I'm going to call you back uh, in the near future just to say goodbye because I, I want a longer goodbye than I can give you right now. Okay. So I'll be in touch with okay. you. And uh, thank you so much for letting everybody know about your, thank your you for having uh, huge problem you had. And yeah. now you're, you know, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you yeah. later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show for everybody. I hope you've listened to it. hope it's made a, a dent in your conscience and that you uh, take care of each other and have a good life. Bye for now. Talk to you next time. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.